How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Peacock. Thanks for joining me today and every day here on the show. I went and asked everybody for some uh, Twitter, email, mailbag questions for running backs and wide receivers. And then uh, when I did the wide receiver episode earlier this week, I totally forgot to go back into that mailbag and and get into those questions. So I want to go back to that, get to those mailbag questions today, go back over the offensive side of the ball, look at the numbers, see how we're doing on numbers here, and then project the special teams along with it. So then when we get into next week and I break down uh, the position groups for the defensive side of the ball, the 53-man roster projections, we know exactly what number we have left and, and see if that's a doable number and uh, see if I overdid things here on the offensive side of the ball, trying to take too many guys and then uh, end up not being able to make it to 53 with the defensive side of the ball, but I I don't think there will be a problem there, but I want to look at that today. Along with that mailbag, uh, really not much news going on with the 49ers, as is par for the course for this time of the year, which is why, uh, you know, Wink and I did that whole all-time 49ers draft, which is a whole bunch of fun. If you guys haven't heard those episodes yet, you got to go back and hear all four. Yesterday was the finale, the fourth part of that all-time draft. Uh, It started four weeks ago, though. So go back, find part one, and go through those. A lot of fun, great exercise, going back, remembering some of these old-time 49ers, and even seeing a few more names of some players that we forgot about and that we didn't even mention as an afterthought at the end of the draft. We'll get into that in just a little bit, as well as uh, some news involving Kirk Cousins coming down this week and uh, down to the wire on his timetable to sign his long-term deal in Washington or play under that franchise tag for 2017. We're on iTunes Please subscribe to the show, rate, review the show. We're streaming in all kinds of places now. You can find us on Spotify now. We're on iHeartRadio, Audio Boom, Stitcher. If we're still not in the place you like to listen to podcasts, please let me know. You can hit me up on Twitter, at BDPeacock. That's my favorite place to, to do the social media thing. Also have a page on Facebook if you'd like to email the show, LockedOn49ers at gmail.com. And also if you would like to sponsor the show, that email is the place to hit me up, LockedOn49ers at gmail. And if you forget all that stuff, you can always just go to LockedOn49ers.com. Links to everything you need. Links to all those places to subscribe. Even has the Twitter feed over on the side and has the stream right there on the page as well. So LockedOn49ers.com is your one-stop shop for everything with this podcast. Might be a bit of a short podcast today. Let's get started with the mailbag. And first want to shout out Roberto on Facebook who had some great names that we did miss and we didn't even talk about them after the fact like Russ Francis former tight end. I remember as a kid, he appeared on WWF, which was like, oh, wow, 49er player in the wrestling ring. And I don't, it was like part of a Royal Rumble or something crazy back in like 89 or 90 or 91. I don't know, something like that. Uh, Ray Wershing, longtime kicker. That's a great call. We weren't really drafting kickers, but uh, yeah, Ray Wershing would have definitely been the first guy I would be thinking of to, uh, to draft as a kicker. Mike Kofer was part of those good late 80s Super Bowl teams. Julian Peterson, yeah, fantastic player, outside linebacker, athletic as hell. 
Uh, really loved watching Julian Peterson in the uh, in the two thousands for the Forty ers So thanks, Roberto, for uh, for those names, and also shout out to your coworkers as well that might also be listening along with you there. Uh, one more name I saw on Twitter that I can't believe skipped my mind because we were talking about one year wonder players and players that didn't play for a very long time that maybe made their name on another team. And Larry Allen, one of the best guards of all time, forget about his stint with the 49ers. So I don't remember who that was. That was on Twitter. So thanks for that name. And thanks to all the feedback. And I think on Friday, I'm going to post that should give everybody enough time to catch up and listen to that last part four of the podcast. And then I'll put the screenshot of our actual rosters and the full thing there and a poll so everyone can vote and we'll get the official vote and uh, hopefully everybody does the right thing and votes for team peacock there but i'm not going to hate you if you vote for team winkler a lot of great names on nick's side from that draft okay let's get to that wide receiver mailbag that i completely whiffed on the other day let's start with jason via twitter he asked what's your thoughts on smelter and what chance percentage wise do you give him on making the team i did talk about smelter in that podcast and I don't like his chances the one thing he does have is size and really nobody else on the roster Kendrick Bourne undrafted free agent is about 6'1 but not an imposing you know it's just still good size it's not an imposing figure but Smelter's big 6'2 plus 225 long arms big hands he can play the big man's game and the 49ers just don't have that guy and they barely have that guy at tight end. So I, for that reason, I could see them saying, you know what, we have so many of these short, small, quick guys. But at the same time, I think Kyle Shanahan, and I, I just think that that's the way they want this offense to be. They 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 would rather err on the side of small, quick guys who can separate than big, slow guys that can't separate than you have to chuck up 50-50 balls to all day. And really, they... It's been small guys or quick guys that are also tough guys. So I think that's what they've, they're like, look, we, you know, everyone would love to have Julio Jones, but they don't come around very often. You know, maybe you'll get that high draft pick and hit on some guys later in the draft, but really they want guys who can catch, guys that are tough, guys that are going to come to work, and guys who can separate. And so Pierre Garcon, you saw it in the draft with Trent Taylor. That's the guys they're looking for. And above all else, I think those are the traits they want, and they would love some size, I'm sure. And so maybe Smelter gets in because of that size, and and there is a wide open competition for at least one roster spot there. Um, maybe he gets in. I would say if you're if you want a percentage, I would say it's less than less than ten percent chance probably, just because all the the bodies that are fighting for that spot and just I you have I haven't seen him healthy. I, I don't even know if he's going to be on the field still. You know that's it's just the way it's gone for him, unfortunately. And I would love to see him get out there and develop, but yeah, the the time's running out for. DeAndre Smelter, unfortunately. Izzy asks, under the radar wide receiver prospect to sneak onto the roster. Um, I would probably say DeAndre Carter, Sac State guy. Um, he just, you know, just not a well-known player, but fast as all get out. Maybe if he could prove that he's a good kick returner or something like that, that would help. Uh, I really think that sixth spot's going to go to the guy who shows the most toughness and ability to go tackle people on special teams or someone who ends up being a standout kick returner. But they have enough guys that can punt return, so I think kickoff return is probably the spot that a wide receiver might be able to sneak on. Trent Taylor can can punt return. You know, Someone would have to be better than him as a punt returner to really stand out there with that spot. Jeremy Curley's already a guy who can return punts. So, um, yeah, it's... It's going to be a tough battle in camp, but there's there it's wide open. So that's the great thing about it is like whoever earns that job, whoever's you know flat out better than anybody else is going to get that spot. That's one of the battles I'm really looking forward to is the end of that that wide receiver rotation. 
from let's go to the email where and actually I think there was somebody on Twitter that asked about this too and and I get it and I, I it's the first thing that I thought of too when I saw Doriel Green Beckham was waived from the Philadelphia Eagles but um Eric via email asked if, if DGB is someone who would be an option for the 49ers is he an option yeah and you want to talk about size 65 230 he ran a 449 at the combine I remember seeing a game in college when he was at Missouri I believe it was his true sophomore year uh, playing against Kentucky, and it was a joke. It was a man playing against children. I see. I think he scored three touchdowns. He was just going up and taking the ball away from everybody. Uh, it was absurd. And w- when I saw that game, I was like, holy crap, this is a future first-rounder. This guy's a stud. And, of course, things didn't really go well for Doriel Green-Beckham since then. He ended up getting kicked out of school, uh, Had ran, ran a little bit of trouble, um, some pot, and there was a domestic thing where he, you know, pushed his way into his girlfriend's apartment and knocked somebody down or something like that. Um, you know, he, he didn't spend jail time. He didn't punch anybody, but it, just not a good stretch of incidents for him. Ended up in Oklahoma, but he wasn't eligible to play because of the transfer rules. So then he came out and, and never played again in college. Didn't He practiced with Oklahoma, didn't get to play. So And then when he got into the pros, second-round draft pick, even through all that trouble. So obviously NFL recognized the talent, and there was rumors out there that Trent Baalke – was a fan of Doriel Green Beckham and because of the character stuff and the off-field stuff and the stuff they were going on at the time with Ray McDonald and Alden Smith, Jed York was like, nope, he he yeah, he he put the kibosh on that on DGB being a 49er at that time. So that might still be a factor as well as just it's pretty obvious that no team picked him up. I mean, he was he went unclaimed on waivers. Uh the word is out. He's already gone through two teams that just really got rid of him for nothing. Uh, I think that tells you how the league feels right now about Doriel Green Beckham. I think he'll get a shot somewhere, and I think it will not be with the 49ers. But, man, I hope DGB gets it straight. He's got a ton of talent. Even back to high school, he was one of the top recruits in the entire recruiting class coming out of high school. I saw an old high school clip when he was coming out of the NFL draft. I was looking for videos of him um, because there was so little tape of him because he didn't play a ton. There was a high school clip of him playing basketball, and he goes up on, on one end of the court, pulls down this rebound over everybody, dribbles all the way down the court, just takes it coast to coast himself, and just yaks it right on somebody's head. It is just ridiculous athleticism. Uh, I would love to see that guy get it together because I think he could be a beast. But, you know, he might not have the drive. He might not have the mental capacity to get it done. Uh, Might, you know, I just don't know what's going on with that guy. To have that much talent and to be dumped from two teams already, yeah, I think that tells you uh, where he's at right now and his standing with NFL teams. All right, speaking of size, Inside the 49 says, what was the last time, or what was the last team without a wide receiver over six feet tall? That's a great question. Uh, You don't see it very often. Uh, Teams are looking for guys with size. Uh, I I think Kyle Shanahan would like to have a guy with size. I think they'll eventually have some some bigger wide receivers on this roster. Uh, Right now, it just wasn't a priority in the draft. I don't know. I can't remember a time where there was this many short wide receivers on one roster, especially with the 49ers. There's some other teams that do like the shorter, quicker type of wide receivers, you know, Patriots come to mind with the Edelmans and Amendolas. Then they also have someone like Gronk at tight end to make up for that. They've got tough guys. They might be short, but they're tough. And they've got some guys who can separate and get open, hopefully. And so that's the name of the game right now. And, and that's what they're going to have to roll with. And, and, you know, a smelter, like I said, is probably the only guy right now. I would say there's probably almost as much of a chance that that sixth wide receiver spot, or if they even keep seven wide receivers or something, that, that that spot goes to somebody who's not even on the roster right now. 
as it is one of those guys who is one of the undrafted free agents or one of the, the holdover names that we're talking about. Because I think it was, uh, I don't know who it was, but somebody on Twitter, it was a great point. They said in response to uh, the wide receiver podcast earlier this week, he was like, yeah, Jeremy Curley led the 49ers in receiving last year. He wasn't on the roster at this time last year. That's a great point, and it could be another situation like that where the, the guy who makes it is someone who ends up getting waived from another team and other teams trying to sneak a guy on the practice squad. The 49ers swoop in there, maybe work out a trade. You know, 49ers are, are thick on players at one position, can can move somebody over and bring over a player from another, you know, or somebody gets cut. There's a lot of late veteran cuts that are pretty good players that end up getting cut for whatever reason from teams uh, at late in training camp. So maybe there's a, a vet that they end up bringing in that right now is not on the radar. So again, wide open there after the first, you know, four, maybe five guys. Good question from Jay via Twitter. Assuming Garcon has the best chance of having the most yards in 2017, who's second on that list? And that's tough. That's a tough question. I would probably, I, I don't think Marquise Goodwin, even though I think he'll be the starter on the other side, I don't know if he's going to get the targets. I, I think he's going to be a big play guy. I think he's going to run a lot of deep routes, run coverage off but they're going to have to respect his speed and ability to get down the field. I think he's going to be a big play guy, a splash player, and he can catch them underneath stuff as well, you know, uh, comebacks and stuff like that. But I don't know if he'll get the the quantity of targets. I might even look to the tight end position or in the backfield for the player who ends up getting the second most targets. If George Kittle ends up winning the starting tight end job early in the season, I think he could be your second leading receiver on this team. Uh, it could even be the guy who lines up in the in the slot. If it's Jeremy Curley all year in the slot, maybe he gets the second most receptions. Uh, or in the backfield, Kyle Juszczyk. They paid him a ton of money to come in, and they're even tied. I mean, they don't even call him a fullback. They call him an OW, an offensive weapon. So if you're going to pay him that money and you're going to call him an offensive weapon, you better use him as an offensive weapon. So uh, to be honest with you, if I had to choose somebody right now and put money on who's going to be second in receiving after Pierre Garçon on the 49ers this year, I'm going to say Kyle Juszczyk. Because not only will he be an outlet for Brian Hoyer to check down to on passing downs, you know, he can stay in and block, do his blocking responsibilities, then leak out, make some receptions that way. They can move him around, find mismatches, be a lot of motion going on as well. So Kyle Juszczyk is someone I'm looking for, and I'm, I'm hoping the 49ers are going to use him a lot, and he's got the talent to, to, to be a very good receiver and be a productive member of the offense. And just because of the bodies they have and who they have and, and – the unsure situation at tight end, it's hard to really pinpoint a name other than George Kittle, but it's hard for me to expect a rookie tight end to just jump in from week one. Goodwin, I don't think he's going to be a high-volume type of receiver, and it remains to be seen how much you know the number three guy, the slot receiver, is going to be on the field. So maybe someone like Curley or Trent Taylor, if he ends up taking over that job, could get a lot of targets as well. But I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to go with Kyle Juszczyk. Great question there. All right, one more. This is from Brian via Twitter. Is Hyde a trade candidate, and if so, what would he fetch? Need one big guy. You think Johnson or Smelter gets the wide receiver or practice squad spot? Um, okay, so two questions there. Let's go back to running back real quick. Is Hyde a trade candidate? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I don't think it's likely necessarily that he gets traded, but I think the 49ers are, are in the position with a lot of veterans where they're going to listen to offers. And with that running back position, I mean, we all know from Hyde getting hurt. Maybe Hyde gets hurt and you can't trade him, but somebody else is going to have some injuries in training camp to their running back. And they're going to be looking for a starting stud running back and be like, okay, who can we call? Every team's going to think, Oh, let's call the 49ers about Carlos Hyde. Cause not only is he good, I think he could fit a lot of schemes and I think he will be available in trade. If the price is right, definitely not giving him away, definitely not shopping him. 
But yeah, trade candidate listening to trades on Hyde, absolutely. If so, what would he fetch? I have, that's a really hard question. He doesn't have much to go on his contract, so I think he might get less than you would expect. But I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that you see getting traded at the end of camp for like a sixth or seventh round or anything like that. I'd be asking for a mid-round pick at the very least. Maybe it's a player-for-player trade. Maybe it's a young player coming back. Maybe a conditional draft pick based on how he plays, something as high as a you know a third or fourth rounder, probably like that. But if I had to guess, yeah, I'd say the third or fourth round range. I mean, if was a second-round pick, you're probably not going to get a second-round pick back for him unless the team was just like really, really needy for a running back and you were able to, to hold him hostage. But, yeah, uh, I would say late third-rounder, early fourth-rounder is what I would put the over-under on for a, a high trade if you're talking just draft picks. All right, so we'll cut it off there. Thanks, everybody, for those mailbag questions. Sorry, I forgot to get to those <laughs> on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, I forgot to talk about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so all the reports now are talking about Kirk Cousins as if it's going to be uh, – there's almost very little to zero chance that he actually signs a long-term contract before the deadline comes up next week. I believe it's the 17th is the deadline for him to either play under the franchise tag for 2017 or to get that long-term deal done. And if he doesn't sign a long-term deal, I think he's gone from Washington. I mean, they obviously, they can still try to sign him in the offseason next year. They can do the tag on him again for the third straight year, but that balloons up to 30. I was thinking 34. I think it's actually, I was corrected on Twitter, which is, is the right answer. I believe it's $32 million would be his tag number for 2018 if they wanted to tag him again. That's, that's not going to happen. I can't see them doing that. So then it becomes, does he, you know, is he, does he feel spurned by Washington? By the way, Washington really, I can't believe how badly they screwed this up. They could have had him for a value two, three years ago and re-signed him once they saw he had starters potential. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. They should have signed him to something that he would, he would be on a team-friendly deal right now. Washington would be cruising with a, a solid starting quarterback for, for probably way less than he should have been making. And now it's gone to the point where it's going to be completely flipped and he's going to be making too much money for whoever signs him whether it's the 49ers or whoever. And I made a comment today about, yeah, are the 49ers really, they're going to end up signing this guy, aren't they, next offseason? And they're going to have to give him the highest paid quarterback in the league contract. They're going to have to go over what Derek Carr got just because you don't see free agents in the prime of their career at quarterback that are in the top half of the league as quarterbacks that are just free agents that could sign with any team. You just don't ever see that. So he might break the market just because of his situation he's in. There's going to be plenty of teams out there that are that are going to be fine with throwing some money at him to be a starting quarterback. So his agent's going to have a good time and he's going to be able to talk up a pretty good price, I think, for him. I think people might be surprised how much money he gets if he really does fully hit the market. Even if he wants to come to San Francisco, he might say, hey, yeah, he wants to come play for Kyle Shanahan. He's like, but the, his agent's not going to be like, okay, cool, let's just sign for less because you want to go here. No, he's going to use every bit of leverage he has. And it's going to be a circus. And if it's going to be a circus probably starting on July 18th if he doesn't get that deal done by the 17th or whenever, whatever day that deadline is next week. But right now, from all reports I've seen, uh, it's looking like it's it's not going to happen. And last time we checked on it, everyone was talking about, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. They're not going to let this go. And the reports were, yeah, Washington's too smart, and they're, they're not going to let this happen. They're going to get a deal done, and Dan Snyder will do anything. He'll make sure he gets this done. He wants him back. Yeah, it sounds like it's not going to happen now, but who knows? This stuff can change very quickly, especially when there's a deadline involved. Okay, back to the 53-man roster projection. Let's go over these offensive totals here. So we've got three quarterbacks, five running backs, four tight ends, six wide receivers, eight offensive linemen. That gives you 26 total. Looking at special teams, got to keep at least three guys there. Usually a special teams coach gets at least a shot at, at keeping another player, whether it's a wide receiver 
or a DB who's someone who's a gunner, who someone is, is, is his pick is like, okay, this guy's got to make the roster because I need him on my special teams, which is how, you know, maybe one of those wide receivers makes the roster. Maybe one of these extra DBs makes the roster or a linebacker or someone you didn't really expect to make the roster because you're thinking, oh, this guy's not going to make an impact on offense or defense, but special teams does matter. And the special team coach does have a little bit of say, and they usually at least get one of their extra guys after kicker, punter, long snapper, which is obviously already set. Kyle Nelson, longtime long snapper. He'll be back as the long snapper, along with Bradley Pinion at punter and Robbie Gould, who they signed in the offseason as the kicker. So you got three there, adding to the 26 on offense. That gives you 29 total. So that leaves us 24 for the defense. And I think that's totally doable. And we'll get into the defensive side of the ball next week. Defensive line, eight or so. A lot of depth right now on the defensive line. You want to keep nine. That's okay if you go six linebackers and eight DBs. So this is this is totally doable. And I thought I kind of went heavy on most of those offensive positions. I didn't make any super tough cuts. So as long as those numbers stay within that realm, you could even go maybe up to nine. I, you know what? I take it back. I had eight written down here for offensive linemen. I think I actually had that at nine. But either way, there's some wiggle room there. Um, and if you did have to lop off one more player on offense, you could go down to eight on the offensive line. You could go down to three tight ends maybe. Uh, running back, definitely you could go down to four with the fullback and three tailbacks. Brita, Hikatini, one of those guys if you want to try to sneak him onto the practice squad. So there's ways to get that number down if we do look a little bit thin here on the defensive side of the ball. But I think with, you know, D-line, linebacker, defensive back position groups, I think we can get to the 24 number. I think we're we're in a good spot here with overall numbers as far as my projections go here with the 53-man roster. All right, well, actually, that went longer than I thought, I guess. Uh, I guess we'll cut it off there then. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back on Monday. Actually, I'm excited to talk to my guest on Monday. Matty Brown, he's a writer at Inside the Pylon, did a great breakdown. Go over to InsideThePylon.com if you want to see it. But he did a great breakdown about Joe Williams, 49ers rookie running back, someone he was a big fan of. And so uh, we're going to talk to him on the podcast on Monday. Then we'll get into that defensive side of the ball, making the 53-man roster projections at each position group. And then we're going to be getting close to training camp. And so we'll hopefully have some news flowing in here in the next week or two uh, as we start to get close to camp. And football's getting close, man. Getting excited. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hit me up on Twitter at BDPeacock. Email LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Facebook, iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review the show. We're streaming everywhere. LockedOn49ers.com. And I'll talk to you guys Monday on LockedOn49ers. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17